0: Welcome to Mana for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Morning everyone. We are live and it's nice to have you guys with us this morning. I got my hat on because I have a bad hair day again, but we are pressing on. This morning, looking at um, some very interesting things, I was looking at this day in history and went, "Mm, it's not that interesting to me, the stuff that went on this day. But so I decided to mix it up and go back into some of our Christian history stuff, which I like. I think I'll do that, um, bring that in every now and then. So on this day, let me think why is this day accredited to pascal number 23rd place pascal's conversion and i was hoping just to mention a few things but this was so interesting to me i thought i would read it to you as you all know he was a genius like da vinci and jefferson franklin he was an amazing man lived in the renaissance he was a mathematician physicist inventor and a christian writer He was the guy that pretty much (laughs) invented, not invented, but calculus, made it um, important and and developed the theory of probability. And at age 19, he invented the first mechanical calculator and the computer language known as Pascal. And anyway, he grew up in a Christian home and it was interesting. He was in a reformed movement. He believed in Calvinism. His family did. And he accepted his religion or his faith, but he never came alive in it. And then on this day, November 22nd, 1654, Pascal's horse bolted and and plunged off a bridge. But he was thrown onto the roadway. So his horse just bolts underneath him. To its death off a bridge And he's thrown to the side And he took that as a warning from God So it says that night he experienced A Christian conversion In I guess his words That would cause his outstanding Scientific work to take second place To his pursuits Light flooded his room He recognized Jesus This says The word For the rest of his life Pascal carried around a piece of parchment Sewn into his coat A parchment inscribed with the phrase, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, not of the philosophers and the scholars. Joy, 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 tears of joy, this life eternal, that they may know you, the only true God, Jesus Christ, whom you have sent, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. May I not fall from him forever. I will not forget your word. Amen. From that day forward, Pascal realized even more deeply that he must live primarily for God. He started out by giving much more to the poor. He closely associated himself with a group of Catholics that emphasized morality in all aspects of life. Of course, it really wasn't much more than that in those days than that than the main church, the Catholic Church. In 1657, Pascal published his Provincial Letters, which criticized the moral teachings of the Jesuits. And the rationalism of Descartes, Montague's skepticism, which urged a return to the Augustan doctrines of grace really, a return to the Calvinistic view. Voltaire described the collection as the first work of genius to appear in France, meaning the first such of French colloquial literature. It continues to be recognized as such. Pascal also wrote what came to be known as God's truth, not only by reason. But even more by the heart of faith. It is through our heart that we come to know God and to love him. It is by faith that we come to know Jesus. And God alone gives faith. And he and then there's all of this biography of everything he did. So there is there is one, one uh, caricature of the life of a brilliant mathematician and physicist. Blaise Pascal. And with that... Well, because that took up a lot of time, we'll just go over the dad joke. I like this one. This is the one we did already, but I thought it was funny. My dad died because he couldn't remember his blood, blood type. He kept insisting, "Be positive." But it's just so hard without him. <laughs> uh, and there was the other one we already did, but why not? Two times a charm. Yesterday, I was washing my car with my son, and he said, Dad, can't you find a sponge? (laughs) See, that's something I would have done with Micah. Come on, Micah. I probably did. I probably threw him up on the car when he was little and slid him around. He liked that kind of stuff. All right, let's move on to the word this morning. See if you can find your place, please. Ezekiel 29, please. And uh, let's give this time to the Lord. Father God, thank you for this morning, and we ask that you would open up our minds and do amazing work in in us. And thank you for being such a powerful God, the way you transformed the life of, of Pascal, who had grown up in a Christian home but never really encountered you until one specific night where he saw you face to face. What a glorious thing. So thank you, Father. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, verse 1. In the 10th year, in the 10th month, on the 12th of the month, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set your face against Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and prophesy against him and against all Egypt. Speak thus, says the Lord God. Behold, I'm against you, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, the great monster that lies in the midst of the rivers, That has said, my Nile is mine, and I myself have made it. I will put hooks in your jaws and make the fish of the rivers cling to your scales. And I'll bring you up out of the midst of the rivers, and all the fish of the rivers will cling to your scales. I will abandon you to the wilderness, you and all the fish of your rivers. You will fall on the open field. You will not be brought together or gathered. I will give you for food to the beasts of the earth, to all the birds of the sky. Then all the inhabitants of Egypt will know that I am the Lord. Because they have been only a staff made of reed to the house of Israel. When they took hold of you with the hand, and you broke and tore all their hands. And when they had leaned on you, you broke and made all their loins quake. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will bring upon you a sword and will cut off from you man and beast. The land of Egypt will become a desolation and a waste. Then they will know that I am the Lord, because you said the Nile is mine and I have made it. Therefore, behold, I'm against you and against your rivers. I will make the land of Egypt an utter waste and desolation for Migdal to Sine and even the border of Ethiopia. A man's foot will not pass through it, and the foot of a beast will not pass through it, and it will not be inhabited for 40 years. So I will make the land of Egypt a desolation in the midst of a desolated lands, and their cities, and in the midst of the cities that lay waste will be desolate 40 years, and I will scatter the Egyptians among the nations and disperse them among the lands. For thus says the Lord God, at the end of 40 years, I will gather the Egyptians from the peoples among whom they were scattered. I will turn the fortunes of Egypt and make them return to the land of Pathros, to the land of their origin. There they will be a lowly kingdom. It will be the lowest of the kingdoms. And it will never again lift itself up above the nations. And I will make them so small that they will not rule over the nations. And it will never again be the confidence of the house of Israel, bringing to mind the iniquity of their having turned to Egypt. Then they will know that I am the Lord God Now, in the 27th year of the first month, on the first of the month, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, made his army labor hard against Tyre. Every head was made bald and every shoulder was rubbed bare, but he and his army had no wages from Tyre for the labor that he performed against it. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will give the land of Egypt to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he will carry off her wealth And capture her spoil and seize her plunder. And it will be wages for his army. And I have given him the land of Egypt for his labor, which he performed because they acted for me, declares the Lord God. On that day I will make a horn sprout from the house of Israel. And I will open your mouth in the midst. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Chapter 30. The word of the Lord came. Again to me, saying, Son of man, prophesy, and say, Thus says the Lord God, Wail, alas for the day, for the day is near, even the day of the Lord is near. It will be a day of clouds, a time of doom for the nations. The sword will come upon Egypt, and anguish will be in Ethiopia. When the slain fall in Egypt, they take away her wealth, her foundations are torn down. Ethiopia, Put, Lut, all Arabia, Libya, and the people of the land that is in league will fall with them by the sword. Thus says the Lord Indeed, those who support Egypt will fall, and the pride of her power will come down from Mingdal to Sayin, or Sayin, I believe. They will fall within her by the sword declares the Lord God. They will be desolate in the midst of the desolated lands, and their cities will be in the midst of the devastated cities, and they will know that I am the Lord. When I set a fire in Egypt, and all her helpers are broken, on that day messengers will go forth from me in ships to frighten secure Ethiopia, and anguish will be on them as on the day of Egypt, for behold, it comes, thus says the Lord God. I will also make the hordes of Egypt cease by the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. He and his people with him, the most ruthless of the nations, will be brought in to destroy the land and they will draw their sword against Egypt and fill the land with the slain. Moreover, I will make the Nile canals dry and sell the lands into the hands of evil men. I will make the land desolate. And all that is in it, by the hand of strangers, I, the Lord, have spoken. Thus says the Lord God. I will also destroy the idols and make the images cease from Memphis. And there will no longer be a prince in the land of Egypt. I will put fear in the land of Egypt, and I will make Pathros desolate. Set a fire in Zoan and execute judgment on Thebes. I will pour out my wrath on sin. The stronghold of Egypt, and I will also cut off the hordes of Thebes. I will set a fire in Egypt. Sin will writhe in anguish. Thebes will be breached, and Memphis will have, distress, will have distresses daily. The young men of On and Phi Beseth will fall by the sword. The women will go to captivity, and the telephone is telephanis, telephanis of the day will be dark, that word, telephanis, of the day will be dark. When I break there the yoke bars of Egypt, then the pride of her power will cease in her. A cloud will cover her and her daughters will go into captivity. Thus, I will execute judgment on Egypt and they will know that I am the Lord. Verse 20, in the 11th year, In the first month, on the seventh of the month, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, I have broken the arm of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and behold, it has not been bound up for healing or wrapped in a bandage, that it may be strong and hold a sword. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and will break his arms, both, both the strong and the broken. I will make the sword fall from his hand. I will scatter the Egyptians among the nations and disperse them among the lands. I will strengthen the arms of the king of Babylon, put my sword in his hand, and I will break the arms of Pharaoh, so that he will groan before him with groanings of a wounded man. Thus, I will strengthen the arm of the king of Babylon, but the arm of Pharaoh will fall. And they will know that I am the Lord when I put my sword into the hand of the king of Babylon and he stretches it out against the land of Egypt. When I scatter the Egyptians among the nations and disperse them among the lands, then they will know that I am the Lord. The book ends with this very interesting judgment upon Egypt, and quite severe, as we see. He's going to let Babylon overcome it and take away everything. And Why is God telling Ezekiel all this? He's in captivity in Babylon. Not sure that they would be too concerned about what goes on with them, but it is helpful to see the perspective of what God is, of how God thinks and how he judges. The main reason seems to be that Israel is getting this information is because Israel had trusted a number of times in Egypt, even though they'd come out of slavery. But initially going down to Egypt, right, when they first go down there for help, or when or through Joseph, they go down there through help to get help and, and get aid, and then they get blessed. I mean, Egypt allows them to stay down there and they grow. And yes, this is all part of God's plan back then. But when they're in the kingdom age and they're getting attacked... There's even David, even early times, um, there were times where the patriarchs were running down to Egypt and then the people were running down to Egypt to hide, to get away from the Philistines or get away from the Amorites or whoever it was. And God says, I'm going to judge them. Because number one, they were idolaters big time <laughs> You still see them all today go down there and look at all the all of the the idols they worshiped and they turned away from God originally and set their face against Yahweh originally and worshiped the Nile gods you know and he says, Pharaoh you think you think you created the Nile you think you are uh, the the god of the Nile and of course the, the the Pharaohs did thought that they were deity themselves so he was judging them for that in a big way for their own hard-heartedness, but again, the the Israelites were running down there and looking for help, and Egypt becomes a uh, an idiom in in the Bible for the world. They were running to the world for help, to to thinking that the world could solve their problems when they were worried about Babylon there, and when Babylon came and set up the puppet government under Zedekiah, and then the people that were left over. God fearful that Zedekiah was going to come back and kill them all off. They said, we need to flee to Egypt, flee back. Let's go hide in the world in a sense. And Ezekiel told them, don't do that. You will fail. God will come down there and judge you. And, and, um, and we see this is probably where they get judged, where God sends the king of Babylon down and wipes out the people of, of Egypt. Those who were hiding down there from Judah, trying to get away from the king of Babylon, then get... Um, judged and slaughtered down there. So the idea the idea here metaphorically is that you cannot you cannot try and run from God and go hide in the world. And when we get wounded or when we get in sin, we think, you know what I just I'm just not going to go to church and I'm gonna hide out of my apartment in whatever sin I'm involved in and nobody will know and I'll just continue on, keep my head low. But um, even that comes under the judgment of God, and God will eventually judge those things that the, the, the world is going to be judged. So I guess you could say you could hide out in the world, but uh, God is also going to send the king of Babylon at some point to, have, to deal with the things that you're involved in and hiding out in the world. So not a good idea. Hebrews 13. Changeless Christ Let love of the brethren continue Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers For by this some have entertained angels without knowing it Remember the prisoners as though in prison with them And those who are ill-treated since you yourselves are also in the body Marriage is to be held in honor among all and the marriage bed is to be undefiled. For fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, or I will never forsake you. So that we confidently say, The Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of god to you and considering the results of their conduct imitate their faith jesus christ is the same yesterday today and forever do not be carried away by varied and strange teachings for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace not by foods through which those who were so occupied were not benefited we have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat for the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy place by the holy priest as an offering for sin are burned outside the camp therefore jesus also that he might sanctify the people through his own blood suffered outside the camp so let us go out to him outside the camp bearing his reproach for here We do not have a lasting city, but we are seeking a city which is to come. God-pleasing sacrifices. Verse 15, through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. And do not neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Obey your leaders and submit to them. For they keep watch over your souls as those who give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable to you. Pray for us, for we are sure that we have a good conscience, desiring to conduct ourselves honorably in all things. And I urge you all the more to do this so that I may be restored to you the sooner. Verse 20. Now the God of peace who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. But I urge you, brethren, bear with this word of exhortation, for I have written to you briefly. Take notice that our brother Timothy has been released. With whom, if he comes soon, I will see you. Greet all the leaders and the saints. Those from Italy greet you. Grace be to you all. Amazing letter. And um, in Paul's mind, it was a short letter, 13 chapters. By the way, I think I said that we were we were in the end chapters of Ezekiel. We still have more chapters to go, <laughs> if memory serves. Um, I was thinking of Hebrews there, that we're at the end of Hebrews, but this beautiful book um, of Paul that he's writing here, again, I said it's Paul, I think it's Paul, Um, has the balance, when you look at what he's saying They're under persecution, and they're also confused. They don't know whether they should go back to Judaism. Don't know if they should play it safe and just go back to mom and dad's faith and hang out in in the temple and do sacrifices where where it's, um, it's known, it's safe, it's easy. They don't have to go out on a limb. But he's saying, look, guys, you're not getting the picture. There's this balance that he brings in. He's not drawing them away to something different. What he's saying is God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed, nor has he changed the approach of how he wants to reach out and save or how he wants us to worship him. We're still bringing sacrifices. We're still going before him, but now our sacrifice is not of the animals, the blood of animals, because Jesus was offered. He was sufficient. He was brought up for the blood that would be sacrificed and be pleasing to God. Therefore, we are to offer up the sacrifice, but now the sacrifice is a praise. You're still Jews. You're still worshiping God. You're just now doing it the, in the next stage, the completed stage of what God had already ordained, because he brought in the new priesthood, and he brought in Jesus, who is the higher priest, the high priest of an order greater than that of Aaron. Therefore, He's in, and and mixing in all that, the persecution— He's saying, don't fall into fear, and don't worry, certainly don't worry about being fearful about the Jews, about turning away from Father Abraham, because you haven't. You have only been obedient to father Abraham who what believed by faith it was by faith that Abraham came to believe in God is by faith that he followed God and he's saying now it's by faith that you're following the same faith of Abraham who did what offered up Isaac where Mount Zion the father who tried to offer up his son unto God is now the same you are now seeing the completed modeling that, that uh, Abraham did. He he played out the passion of Christ, offering the fathering up, offering up his son. He says, "Now you've done all that, so don't walk in fear. Walk in praise. Continue to walk in praise, and uh, and don't turn don't turn back." So that was the whole kind of message that Paul is bringing to them in a beautiful balance with a lot of love and a lot of understanding of what these people are going through. Uh, don't fall into fear. And this was this is great encouragement to a lot of us. It's easy to fall into fear. All right, let's continue on now with Charles Spurgeon, Acquiring Perseverance. The Lord thy God will put out those nations before thee by little and little. Deuteronomy 7.22 We are not to expect to win victories for the Lord Jesus by a single blow. Evil principles and practices die hard. In some places it takes years of labor to drive out even one of the many vices which defile the inhabitants. We must carry on the war with all might, even when favored with little manifest success. Our business in the world is to conquer it for Jesus. We are not to make compromises, but to exterminate evils. We are not to seek popularity, but to wage unceasing war with iniquity, infidelity, popery, drink, impurity, oppression, worldliness, error. These are all to be put out. The Lord our God can alone accomplish this. He works by his faithful servants, and blessed be his name, he promises that he will so work. Jehovah thy God will put out those nations before thee. This he will do by degrees that we may learn perseverance, may increase in faith, may earnestly watch, and may avoid carnal security. Let us thank God for a little success and pray for more. Let us never sheath the sword until the whole land is won for Jesus. Courage, my heart, go on little by little, for many littles will make a great woe. There you go. Good admonition, good counsel that we keep on waging war little by little in his name, but we do it, obviously, our weapons are not of this world, they're through prayer and through um, asking God to take the victories over all the little things going on around us. And in this city, there's a lot of it. <laughs> we've, we've seen a couple little victories, actually, I think what he's describing in my own personal mind, because when our church was planted where we were all these years ago, um, above us was a very popular bar And around the corner was a table dance uh, Strip club And um, and, then, and then a liquor store right next to us And after all these years Table dance bar's gone So is the bar above us Was that God gaining a little victory Little by little? I don't know But it's I was just I just think about those things and go wow We kind of outlasted them That was neat That is watch cool to watch God do that And I don't know Maybe God was, in, in little by little, winning winning those victories. Well, Father, God, thank you for blessing us and for giving us this time together. We ask, God, that you would continue to use us for your kingdom, for the things you're doing in your kingdom, to be mighty warriors in prayer. Thank you for the opportunity and the privilege. Thank you for using us in many wonderful ways, the people that you are raising up for the kingdom. We want to pray for the um, various things that are going on to raise up. Um, workers and leaders for the conference the pastors and leaders conference that'll be going on down in Rancho de Dios starting tomorrow through the weekend we will pray for them God for all that they're doing and the conference speakers the people that'll be going I mean, you just open up their minds and their hearts to how you would desire their ministers their pastors to function and their churches to function encourage them and strengthen them in the Holy Spirit Biblically, God, and we pray for those that are sick and are hurting. God, that need that need your encouragement to continue the fight. We know that many are that are doing an excellent job, and we thank you for their faithfulness in dealing with their discomfort, but still maintaining a, a godly attitude and a proper attitude. God, I don't expect anybody to be running around with a smile and blessing everybody when there's so much pain and so many different things. But just thank you that their their mind is set upon you and all other things. And may we be ministering to them in their distress and in their difficulties. Show us how that we can be better servants of them. But bless them and help them in their treatments. Help them, God, to make their hospital appointments. And uh, God, of all things, just to, to um, ease or take away the pain. Wouldn't severe help them sleep at night when they need to sleep, not be bothered and woken up all night long. So we pray for that, uh, God. We just specifically pray for uh, Jesse's little little grandson who's still got a cough, probably related to RSV, where he had it earlier, and just needs the right healing. He's going to see a pedi- uh, pediatrician today. And uh, help them just find the right treatment for this little boy So he can feel much better really quick And I know how scary that is To have anything related to RSV in a little child So I pray for his healing Complete healing, God And and for the rest, just uh, keep them, God Continually in the path of healing No matter if it's by your hand or By the hand of the doctors Keep them healing, God And keep us healing emotionally Spiritually Many people have gone through the worst two years of their life Having seen one or more people they love die Having been distressed by staying at home Having so many difficulties, losing jobs, changing direction uh, And Father, it is, it is discouraging So I pray for those that are now just coming out of that Maybe even coming down to Vallarta for vacation to rethink their life May you just minister directly to their hearts We have no idea how badly this affected some people and how they're still dealing with it emotionally. So pray for your spirit to be ministering to their hearts, encouraging them, and bringing them into good fellowship with a family of believers so that they can be encouraged and strengthened and, and find what they're looking for, be it either a deeper faith, a job, um, just emotional support. We pray that you be blessing and doing that through your church. And we do pray for the, the service this evening. We want to rejoice, God, in all that you're doing, celebrate, and we want to give thanks for all that you are doing through our church and here, and we're kind of, God, want to celebrate Thanksgiving in the U.S. in our own little service here, in our own little way, with our Mexican friends, using it as a Thanksgiving for, for our life and for our salvation and for all that you're doing. So may you be blessed in that, and thank you for the opportunity we have. Bring all those, God, in this this evening that you want to be there and continue to build us up strong in the faith. So, God, we thank you, and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That will do it for us. And you guys having turkey dinner tomorrow, and everybody up in the United States, have a wonderful, wonderful time, wonderful dinner. But don't forget, we'll be live in the morning. Good way to give thanks is to be in the Word, right? <laughs> keep keep the the main things, the main things. Let's all continue to stay in the Word and thank Him for His blessing upon our lives, and then bring that joy into your dinner and with your friends later on. All right, so we will see you tomorrow or this evening, six thirty. I hope God bless you all. Bye bye.